Welcome to Parenting Today's Teens, a daily podcast that provides stories, insights, and wisdom to help you gain a deeper relationship with your teen. On today's episode, Mark Gregston and Wayne Shepard talk about getting to the root of your teen's issues. Let's listen in. We're here today to talk about the root of teen issues. What's behind that bad behavior? You know what? I think most of us as parents, Wayne, have a tendency to look at behavior and think those are the real issues. So if we can just control the issues, control the behavior, then we've dealt with the problem. And what we found out is that we may be missing the heart of our child because the behavior that we see, no matter how appropriate or inappropriate, it is the window into the heart of our child. And if we miss it, we'll never get to the true issue. Yeah. In a way, it camouflages the true problem, doesn't it? There's no doubt. You know what? We don't need to look at the fruit. We need to look at the root. Okay. And so the things that you see aren't necessarily the things that need to be dealt with. They may need to be controlled. I mean, if we see a child spinning out of control, we need to do something to help them. But to get to the true issue, the, the true heart of the matter, we've got to look behind that and say there's something else going on. Let's figure that out so we can change the life of a child, not just their behavior. Getting to the root of the problem here today. Mark, let's start with an example. What's an example of bad behavior, but there's something else driving it? That's right. Okay, let's take a, a, a young man that's drinking alcohol. Okay, he may be drinking that alcohol because he wants to fit in, because he's witnessed something that that he can't get out of his mind, because he's having problems sleeping, because he feels like a failure, hmm. and it's the only time he feels normal. But he has ADHD, and he can't he can't slow down enough to focus on any relationships. Something's happened to him that we don't know about. Perhaps there's been some tragedy that's gone on. Perhaps a girl just dumped him. Perhaps perhaps a teacher said something. Perhaps some words were said that has disturbed this child. There's There's a number of reasons why a child would drink alcohol. Okay, I'm not saying anything is appropriate. What I'm saying is there is something driving the symptoms that you see. There is the fruit of the alcohol, and I've got to control that. And how I'm going to do that is set up consequences within my home and Mm -hmm. say, okay, look, if you drink alcohol, these are the consequences. If it's the major issue, then I'm going to take something major away. If he's driving a car, I'll take the car away for a week. I'll take it away for three weeks. Then I'll sell the car if anything happens again. But I'm going to let the consequences change the behavior while I am spending time figuring out what is the drive and the motivation for the behavior that we see. You see the fruit of the alcohol consumption on one side, but the root of it is something completely different, and it fingers out. And so I want to go back to that root and figure out what that is so I can help my child so there's not the drive to engage in the behavior Mm -hmm. that now has maybe become a habit. So how do we get to that cause or those causes? How do we discover what they are? You know what? Don't underestimate the power of a question. It is amazing. I go to kids all the time and say, how are you doing? And they go, really well. I say, really? Like on a scale of one to 10, one being miserable, 10 being unbelievable. Where are you? (laughs) Girl said it yesterday. She goes, I'm about a four. And I said, well, that doesn't sound as as high as you just mentioned a minute ago. Well, Mm -hmm. it's really not. Really? Well, sweetheart, what's going on? Well, I'm having a bad day. Really? Why are you having a bad day? I ask a question and we dive further and further and further until we get to the heart of the issue. And she says, this is what's going on. And if they don't answer right away? Well, if they don't answer, I'm going to come back to them. Hey, you said you were a four the other day. What are you today? 
And if she says a four, okay, what hasn't changed? If she says I'm an eight, okay, what has changed? If it's lower, uh, uh, we're going the wrong way here. How do we change that? How can I help you and just walk you through? Now, what that means is before I can ever ask the question, I've got to strike up a relationship. You know, you, you can't start asking questions about heart issues without having your heart somewhat woven together some way. And so I've got to make sure that I'm, I'm making sure that, a, that anybody who talks to me feels safe, that they feel like I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give them some wisdom, I'm not going to judge them, I'm going to offer them something, and that it's a place of hope that they know they can find a way out of this mess. Because if they don't answer me, the issue is not their inability to answer the issue at hand is that they haven't trusted me yet, and right. I've got to work on that trust. We have to put some thought into those questions. At best, if we don't, we're going to get a yes or a no or maybe even a grunt. Right? That's right. <laughs> yeah. That's right. You know, you have to think it through. Most people go, well, Mark, you always come up with these quick questions. And I tell people all the time, you know, I sit down and think through what I'm going to ask when people come over or when I go meet with a kid or when I'm spending time with somebody. I've got to systematically think those things through. And here's the thing. If you don't want the answer, don't ask the question. Mm -hmm. Because when you see a child doing inappropriate things and spinning out of control, when you start to ask the questions, they're going to start sharing some things that you may not like. You may not like that they're telling you that something has happened to them or that they think a particular way or that you may be the problem yourself and that, wait a minute, you're accusing me of doing that to you? You're drinking because I'm driving you crazy? You see, and so it moves us to the second point. You got to keep your cool. Yeah. When you're talking to somebody and responding, you can't just verbally correct them and tell them you have wrong thinking, you shouldn't think that That'll way. That'll shut them down right away, It'll won't it? will shut them down because the point isn't to always correct them and be throwing out more scripture and more judgment to them. The point is getting to their heart where I can speak truth into their life, which will be the scripture and all that. But I don't want to shut them down with judgment at the beginning. So I'm just going to react in a way that I go, wow. Now, there's times that I've teared up. There's times that I have felt sad. There's times that I've said to kids, you know, it, it, this is kind of bothering me right now. And I think I need to stop. And they go, well, I don't mean to bother you. I said, no, no, no. It just, this is just unnerving me mm -hmm. right now. You're not judging them That's for their right. answer. You're giving your reaction. That's right. And, and I, I'm truthful with them. I tell kids all the time, I will tell you the truth. You ask me a question, you're going to hear the truth. And, and even when I don't like to say it. And so I'll, I'll, I'll in some way engage in a way that, that, that says, I, I want to move deeper, but I'm having a tough time with this. It doesn't have anything to do with you. And all of this assumes that you've got some consequences predetermined here so that you don't have to deal with that in the heat of the battle. That's right. If a, if a young lady comes up and says, uh, you know, I've been having sex with a boyfriend. Okay, well, let's talk about that here for a minute. It doesn't mean because we talk about it and I'm moving to the root, I still have to deal with the fruit mm -hmm. because I don't want her doing that. It's inappropriate. It's immoral. It's unbiblical. It's, it's out of the question. It's going to take her to a place where she doesn't want to end up. It's confusing her relationships in the future. And so what I'm going to say is, okay, you know that if this came up, that we would have to do these things. And because we've already agreed upon it, you can't go out with this fellow anymore. You, you're grounded for a month. We're going to go into counseling, whatever we need to do. But I want to move to her heart. I don't circumvent the consequence in an effort to get to her heart. It's both things working at the same time. You don't want to get too bogged down with the details either, do you? I don't. I want to look for the big picture. I want to go, okay, what's the bigger picture here? I don't need to know details of things. That doesn't get anyone anywhere. 
All it does is bog things down. My concern is for her heart. Mm. And so if I go in and say, you know, Scripture says you shouldn't be doing that. That's not the way to approach a child. What I go to them and say is, sweetheart, this is confusing you, and it will confuse relationships. Let's figure out a way to have better relationships with people because they already know what's right and wrong. And this is the path to maturity for our teen, which is what we want for them. Absolutely. I want them to see the process of, of taking what they know to be true, the scripture that they know, the biblical standards that they've been taught, the values that have been placed upon them by their family. I want them to embrace those things and figure out how to apply it to their actions. I mean, I, I think every kid would tell you, the things I want to do, I have a tough time doing. And the things I don't want to do, I find myself doing. Oh, cursed man that I am. They get that. They understand that. They need some help to get out, and it's going to take understanding, and that will never happen if there's judgment or condemnation in the conversation. And how many of us think to ask God, to pray to God for wisdom when dealing with these kinds of things? Yeah, you know, God tells us, you know, pray, pray, and I will give you wisdom as to the direction you need to head. You love your teen, but lately, you don't recognize them. Your daughter starts talking, acting, and dressing like a total stranger. Your son loses all interest in engaging. You tiptoe around them, trying to get through, but unable to overcome the sudden distance between you. What happened? You're not alone. Situations like this are normal, even in the most wonderful families. Mark Gregston has walked with thousands of families going through difficult times with their teens, and even experienced it firsthand. He's helped them navigate their teen's most difficult years, and he can help you too. In his book, What's Happening to My Teen, Mark shares stories of change, hope, and compassion that will give you insight and wisdom into what's happening in your home and in the heart of your teen. It's not a magic spell to fix everything, but it can give you encouragement and practical advice for the road ahead. You can order What's Happening to My Teen by visiting parentingteenresources.org. Well, as we talk about this today, here's a question from a listener who says, my son gets his short temper from me. I'm learning to calm down before we talk about discipline issues, but his temper flares up every time I bring up his bad behavior. How do you help us both have a productive conversation about it? (laughs) I mean, it's monkey see, monkey do. (laughs) I mean, what's happened is a child has picked up the characteristics of a mom or a dad and, and, uh, and is doing the same thing. And this is how you would deal with that. The first thing you have to say is, look, I want you to know that I've been wrong in the way that I've approached you, and I've taught you some things that I don't think are very good, and this is how it's hurt my relationship with other people, and this is the damage that it's done, and I want to ask your forgiveness, and you and you work through that in a conversation. Then the second part of it might be this. It may be, okay, now we need to be talking about, because you're doing the same thing to me. And we need to stop that because you're damaging the relationship with me. And so I'm admitting my part. You know, you can figure out your part, but I'm going to fight for our relationship. But I've also got to put some consequences on this because it's very disrespectful. And I'm not going to be disrespectful to you anymore. And I'm asking you not to do that the same. Yeah, but, but you're doing the same to me. No, not anymore. I admit it. I'm done. 
Mark, do teens mask the root problem so it's just hard for us to figure it out? Well, sure they do. Sure they do. I think they're shameful. They're embarrassed. They they feel like they've done something wrong, and so they go into hiding somewhat, so they don't want to tell you. And when they don't tell you, then you have to spend a little bit of time building trust with them to let them know, hey, you can tell me this, and you're going to be okay. They may be afraid of a consequence, but they're more concerned about solving the problem within their heart. Thanks for listening to Parenting Today's Teens. For more information, visit parentingtodaysteens.org. And to learn more about Heartlight, visit heartlightministries.org. If this podcast has been helpful to your family, please share it or give us a quick rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Of course, you can listen to Parenting Today's Teens wherever you listen to podcasts. Join us tomorrow for another great episode. We'll talk to you then.